Welcome to Episode 5 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of The What, When, Wine Diet, Paleo and Intermittent Fasting for Health and Weight Loss. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jinstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. 
New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is episode five of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and as usual, I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everyone. And episode five, that's exciting. It's I feel like that's a baby milestone, five. I, th- I think so, too. Yeah. We are at podcast kindergarten. Is that? Oh, yes. Yes, we are. We are. That's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so today's episode... I think everybody is going to be pretty excited about this is the drinking and fasting episode. Um, we're going to cover the different beverages you can potentially consume during a fast. And we'll also talk a little bit about alcohol and wine because we know that is a hot topic. Um, that just people are really interested in that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I really think that about 50% of the questions we get in the Facebook groups have to do with beverages, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's it's a big thing, um, almost as big as the food aspect of everything. Right. So there's so much to cover, I guess. Uh, well, first of all, no, Jen, how are you? <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Had a great week. I've got end of the school year teacher voice, so you know, t- I'm oh, are tired. are you done? From- are you done? No, 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 no. We're talking. I'm talking all day. Um, it's the end of the school year, so... Um, most of the day I say things like, all right, everyone, time to be quiet. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I've been like losing my voice. But other than that, so if I sound a little scratchy, that's why. When, when's the last day of class? We still have a a few more weeks, just a a little bit more time, but the kids can feel that end of school year is in the air. So it's exciting. They're so excited. Yes. (laughs) That's exciting. Reminds me of childhood. Oh yes, definitely. You know, there's just something in the air when school is winding down for the for the summer. How about you? What's been happening with you? How did your exam go? Oh, it was good. Uh, so yesterday I took my my wine exam. Um, actually, I I was taking it and it, it was really it was really easy. Um, but it would when I was taking it, I realized it wasn't easy if I hadn't. If I had taken it like a you know a month ago before studying, right. I would have I would have known like nothing on it. Um, so you were prepared. It was easy yeah. because you were prepared. That makes exciting. that's good. <laughs> I think I missed one question, and it wasn't even about wine. It was about climate, but whatever. Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, you're not going to be a wine grower, right? So <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Actually, actually, one of my goals is to like have a winery someday if I'm ever like really successful. I think that would be so. Oh, that's cool. fun. Oh, I'll come and visit your winery. Oh, perfect. <laughs> So, um, speaking of, uh, I guess we can jump right into the beverages. I'm so excited about this topic. There's just so much to talk about. So I guess we can start with what you can actually drink during a fast. So like coffee, tea, um, what should we tackle first? Well, I think that coffee is a great place to start because that's really, you know, I said about half the questions are about beverages. Most of those questions are about coffee because people really like their coffee a certain way. So we get a lot of questions about coffee all the time. Are you a coffee drinker? I am a coffee drinker. And it's funny, I never drank coffee growing up or as a teenager or in college. You know, my my caffeine of choice, I would start the day with diet sodas. I drank um, 
diet Mountain Dew for years. I mean, that's probably one of the worst, but I drank <laughs> it like crazy. But I got my caffeine in fizzy form. Of course, now I don't drink any diet sodas, but I didn't start drinking coffee until, gosh, somewhere in my 30s. And of course, that's really right when my weight gain started to accelerate. When I look back at it, I was now nursing this coffee all day long and I was putting in sugar-free vanilla creamer, like the powdery stuff that that like doesn't have any real food ingredients in it at all. I don't even know what they make it out of. <laughs> but I was drinking nonstop coffee with this this fake creamer in it. And that's about the time when I started to to gain weight. But I liked that sweet, creamy coffee and it didn't have any, you know, calories. So So yeah. It's all good. <laughs> it, it it seemed like it was, but it clearly wasn't. Yeah. I actually How about- Yeah, I actually um I never drank coffee until in college I did a like a little commercial for one of the apartment complexes by us and I had to drink coffee for it for the commercial and then I became like <laughs> obsessed. And then That's it was funny. just like coffee all the time. But like you I would sweeten it and um like put all this crazy stuff in it. Um but I drank it pretty consistently. I actually all last year cut out coffee for the entire year and all caffeine just to see like what would happen. Um, but I've brought it back now and I actually – I think I I think having like a little bit in my life is what I like. Like like just not going crazy. Right. That You know, in moderation. Yeah. And I do it black now, completely black. I think that's the best way. And it's amazing how I've learned to tell different flavors in the coffee. I guess like, you know, you're studying wine, but with coffee, you you get certain undertones that you don't when you're filling it full of, you know, sugary, creamy, you know, additives. Yeah. Yeah. I once heard somebody describe our our love affair with coffee in America as hot milkshakes for grownups. Oh my goodness. Because I think that, I think that's what we've turned them into. That's so true. Especially like, have you seen that? Uh, that Starbucks, that uh, unicorn. <laughs> I guess it's not coffee. I, ha- I have it? seen it. I don't, it's like I don't know. I think it's a frappuccino something. Yeah. But but it's I don't know what it is. Some things. <laughs> even though I've been intermittent fasting for so long and been paleo for so long, some things I just see them and I still just want them really bad. <laughs> like I was like I really want to try that. Okay, that's funny that you say that because this was Teacher Appreciation Week and my wonderful principal had a coffee truck pull up outside. Um, that we have that goes like from, you know, place to place, you know, like a food truck and we could all go get free coffee. And, you know, I drink black coffee every day, but they had, the teachers were all walking around with those little Frappuccino things. Yeah. And I did want one. You want one. I know. There's some (laughs) things, some things you just, yep. (laughs) But I didn't, because I knew that if I'd had, if I had that during the middle of my fast, I would crash, then I'd be tired, then I'd be grouchy. It just wouldn't feel good. No, I wouldn't feel good. So I said, okay, that looks good, but no. Yeah. You can, that's the thing with intermittent fasting. You can actually say no, even though you might still want some things. I feel like I have more control and uh, willpower. It's true because I knew how I would feel if I had had it. And that, you know, after you've made that mistake before, you don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so speaking of coffee, so I've done, and I'm sure you have done as well, a little bit of research on coffee. Um, Basically though, at, epidemiological studies on coffee, they do link it pretty consistently to longevity. So I found like one 2015 study and they looked at 90,000 individuals, which that's just like a 
lot of people. That is, that's a good, robust study. <laughs> that's a lot of people. Um, but for that, they found that the more coffee individuals drank, and it ranged from one cup to five cups per day, but um, the more they drank, the lower their risk of death, which was I love interesting. It. And actually, the findings were similar for normal and decaf. Um, so they're thinking it's either like something in the coffee itself, not necessarily the caffeine, or I mean, it could be like a correlational thing because people who are coffee drinkers are might be more productive or going to coffee houses and being social, but um, it is linked to longevity. It's also linked to uh, a less or a decreased risk of chronic diseases, like basically everything, heart disease, liver disease, respiratory disease, cancer. So yeah, um, health-wise, I do think it's pretty healthy. And then as far as like the uh, the fasted state and fat burning, I guess before I go into that, do you have anything to add about the um, the health? I did. I've, I've read, um, we had a debate in one of my fasting groups at one point where someone claimed that even the a number of calories in coffee would stop autophagy. And it was quite a heated debate. I mean, people oh. like really, like, but like that's not black, true. No, like but it's, black it coffee? doesn't. It doesn't. So, but, but we were debating it, and yeah. someone insisted that the only way to fast was just purely water. So I started digging and looking and finding, because I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't tell Wait. me that. So, <laughs> I actually found um, some reported studies that coffee actually stimulates autophagy, and so we do not need to worry that coffee oh, wow. is, is stopping it. I know so I was like, that. Awesome. Oh, yes, I saved that in my favorites, and I popped that out. Just because I think that's important to know. I mean, people people will claim, you know, even one calorie will stop autophagy and coffee has a calorie, but no. Um, it's something in the coffee that actually stimulates autophagy. And they don't know. It, like you said before about the caffeine versus the decaf, it wasn't the caffeine. They did, they did find that out. But it's like the antioxidants or the polyphenols yeah. or something like that that's in the coffee. So... Yes, coffee is a great choice during fasting. It is not going to kick you out of autophagy. It may even stimulate it. And, of course, that does lead to the question. People say, well, then do I have to add coffee if I'm not a coffee drinker? And, of course, the no. answer to that is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you don't have to start choking it down if you don't like it or if you don't want it. But it's not a problem to have. It, it has health benefits. And so you don't have to feel guilty for having it. And, you know, if you're going to live forever drinking that coffee, I, I, I love that study. And then as far as, like, um, the fasted state goes, I, I do think it definitely encourages a fat-burning mode. I think so, too. Studies have shown that it increases your metabolic rate. It does increase, like, adrenaline, uh, so, like, go, go, go mode. And actually, I read that it can block insulin. So basically, it kind of escorts you into a fat burning mode i mean you're already if you're i mean you might already be there but i think it really catalyzes that process i, I think that's a great way to put it and i agree it's a great addition to your to your fasted state yeah the other thing though is um i do find i need need less in the fasted state like before i could drink way more but now i just need a little bit and i really feel it like it's more potent in the yes. fasted state and I cannot drink it afternoon anymore. Now, I used to could. I, when I was drinking those lattes all day and the creamy ones, I could have coffee at 5 p.m. and I'd be fine and I could sleep, but not anymore. I have yeah. to stop the caffeine midday. And then also, I do want to talk a little bit about bulletproof coffee because I know we get 
are a lot of questions about that. So many questions. So many questions. And I've done a lot of research on that too, because it, it's a big question. Well, first of all, what is Bulletproof Coffee? Um, so it was developed by Dave Asprey, who uh, wrote like the Bulletproof Diet, but it's basically the idea that um, you it's where you add a, a fat to your coffee. So uh, people add either like butter or they a lot of people add coconut oil and then some people add straight up medium chain MCTs, which are like a refined version of coconut oil that um, are all, we'll talk about MCTs. They're all MCTs. They don't have any long chain fats that are also in coconut oil. We'll talk about that. Um, So a lot of people do that. You know, if you read a lot on the internet about um, coconut oil, MCT oil, bulletproof coffee, I mean, the health claims are out there that this is like the best thing you could just drink all day long and it's going to, you know, make your metabolism go through the roof and you're going to never have a health problem again. So there are a lot of health claims out there with, with these products. And I do think that coconut oil, MCT oil, bulletproof coffee, I think they're healthy. And I do, I don't think they necessarily are going to you know, cause you to release insulin, that sort of thing. But I do think that they have a lot of fat and a lot of, I know we don't count calories, but they have a lot of calories. There's a lot of energy in that cup of bulletproof coffee. It adds up very quickly. So when I wanted to start making recommendations to people about bulletproof coffee, I did some research on it and I found a study. Now this is a, you know, it's from 1996. It's not a new one, but it's, it's a study that talks about MCT oil boosting your metabolism. And it's it's something you hear a lot of people say. You know, you drink this, you add it to your day. It's going to boost your metabolism. And who doesn't want a boosted metabolism? Am I right? We, we all want a boosted metabolism. And when, when you read the study, it says that the participants were given 30 grams of MCTs a day divided among three meals and that they did have an increase of energy expenditure and they reported it as an increase of kilojoules, 500 kilojoules per day. That sounds substantial. Then I converted it. <laughs> I was like, well, what is that really? Well, 500 kilojoules of energy expenditure is the equivalent of 119 calories a day. And so, well, that that's not so bad until you do the math and figure out that the 30 grams of MCT oil have 250 calories right. themselves. So <laughs> you're... You're consuming 250 calories worth of energy and you're boosting your metabolism by 119 calories a day. So I thought, well, you know, maybe this stuff has some health benefits, but I'm not certain that that metabolic boost is going to make up for the fact that you just drank a whole lot of fat in your coffee. So if you're trying to lose weight, that doesn't make sense. You want to burn your own fat. And I think a a lot of the studies on MCT find... I think the weight loss comes more from substituting. So for example, if you've been eating fats primarily like in the form of butter or olive oil or different other forms of fats, and then you straight up replaced it with MCTs or uh, coconut oil or something, then in comparison, you might lose weight from there rather than adding it when you weren't having it before. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. So you're not going to suddenly lose more weight because you've included this coffee than you would if you didn't. I think that's the key. You may have some some great 
fat burning, but you're burning that fat in your coffee. Now, would I ever encourage someone to drink bulletproof coffee? Bulletproof coffee? The answer is yes. And so if you are in the adjustment period and you're trying to get used to fasting, you're trying to get your body used to burning fat, start off with a little bit during the day, wean yourself off of it, and then you you will be accessing your own fat during fasting, which is our goal. Yeah. I, or if you're at, if you're at goal, yeah, you, know, you want to include it. I agree with basically everything you said. Um because a lot of people Yay. a lot of people think um oh, I can add all the MCT or all the bulletproof coffee, coconut oil, butter that I want and lose weight, but if you're if, you're, if you add like 500 calories of um fat during your fast, that's 500 calories you did not burn from your body fat. Um, so I do think, I think it's a better thing either in a very small amount to just give you that energy boost, um, if you feel like you need it or, um, when you're at maintenance, I think it could be a great thing then. Um, yeah, just based on how you perform. And I, I will say briefly, cause I realized we didn't actually say what MCTs are <laughs> and why they're different. Um, so basically most long chain fats found in like butter and different oils and such, those require they require digestion. Um, MCTs they act more like a, they're more like a carbohydrate in a way. They provide um, fast um, energy, so they're shuttled directly to the liver rather than requiring digestion. And that's where a whole debate comes in about whether or not they even break a fast because some people say, well, they don't require digestion, so they might not even break the fast. And I actually did some research on that. And I found one study that um, compared medium or MCTs to longer chain fats. And it found that the only thing MCTs did regarding digestion was they started the gastric relaxation pro- uh, process. Um, oh, which <laughs> uh, that explains a that lot. Explains so much. I have a, I have a story about that in a minute. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, well, well, I'm really excited. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll just I'll briefly tell this and then I'll hear your story. Um, so basically, it, it starts the beginning of the digestion process, like other fats do, but it stopped there. So um, the long chain fats would also uh, jumpstart. Uh, digestive enzymes and bile salts and all of that stuff. So basically the stomach's getting really ready to break things down in a digestive state, but MCTs didn't do that. All they did was they started the gastric relaxation. So that can, I mean, that was a lot of like sciencey stuff, but um, that's something to think about as far as whether or not it breaks a fast. What's your story? Well, I'm trying to decide how much do I want to tell oh. of this story, but <laughs> a, a couple of years ago, several years ago, when I was still in the, the weight loss phase before I got to maintenance, there were some friends of mine, we were trying, uh, a, basically we were trying to have oil as part of our weight loss strategy, and it had to do with a diet called the Shangri-La diet oh, and flavors I, yes, and oil. I, Did you I try know, that one? Well, I know all about it. I think I tried it like maybe for a few days. Oh my. Well, it was fascinating, but you're supposed to like take a shot of oil, yeah. okay, and and plug your nose and you don't taste it, and it's supposed to, anyway, it was a theory. It was very interesting. It's supposed but, to like make, uh, t- tell your body that you're not hungry, right? Because they're flavorless right. calories, basically. Exactly. And it was supposed to lower your set point, yeah, that, and I yeah. was trying to lower, lower <laughs> my set point, but the, the funny story of is that basically what you do not want to do is take a bunch of MCT oil as a shot on an empty stomach. And the, the phrase that you used, gastric relaxation, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to tell of the story. I but I understand. <laughs> you've got to be super careful with, with some of these things. And, 
And I had not read that it caused gastric relaxation, but but I'm like, okay, I can totally sense that. Yeah, okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I was very relaxed for a oh while. My God. <laughs> and I I threw the MCT oils in the trash and I would never, never, never oh take goodness. those on an empty stomach again. <laughs> That's hysterical. That's well, you know, the, the the things we try to I know in the name of, of weight loss and, you know, experimenting. So I've so been funny. warning people about that ever since. But yes. Oh, that's great. Um, and one thing though, I will add last minute, you're talking about, um, the like health benefits of MCTs and everything. And I, I do know a lot of people, this is not talking about MCTs while fasting, but a lot of people talk about having MCTs while eating because they do encourage the release of ketones. So some people do use them for the health benefits of a ketogenic diet, even on with a higher carb intake. So there is potential there because they are easily converted into ketones, which we've talked about in the past, but they're basically a, yes. a, a, a very healthy, nice fuel source for your body. And I've read a book about coconut oil, actually, and it really has some phenomenal properties. It's antibacterial, antiviral. It's great, great for your gut health. Lots of benefits to including this. I just don't know that you need it during your fast. Yeah. Well, so we talked about coffee for a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> haven't even talked about all the other drinks on a fast. Um, we do have some listener questions. So, Jen, do you want to tackle the rest of the beverages on, like, next episode? future episodes i think i think that's a great idea just today this will be the, the official coffee, coffee, the coffee episode. episode i do have one other thing i want to say about sure. coffee. you know we talked in um, episode four about wanting to avoid insulin release and not having any sweeteners and we hinted at it today but really you just want to drink your coffee black you don't need it to be sweet it doesn't need to have anything creamy in it and also flavored beans. That's oh, yeah. something I, I, I wanted think, to touch on. Ugh. What do you think about the flavored beans? I have a philosophy on that. I am not a fan of flavored stuff. Especially right. I, I, more natural flavored is better. But a lot of times these like flavored things, they'll just say natural flavor in the um, ingredient list. And a lot of the times that's like very specific flavoring compounds that are not doing good things for our brain's um, addiction system. Yes. And they're just, I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. I'm not either. And really, a lot of the, the culprit for why we don't want that or some of the reasons we don't want that in the fast has to do with the sweet taste again and what we talked about last week with insulin release. And, you know, if you're drinking something called, you know, cinnamon roll flavored coffee – zero calories, but that's still going to taste sweet. You know, what are they putting in there to make it taste like a cinnamon roll? Exactly. So, I think a lot of the times what they put in there, those flavorings, because I just read, um, I just read a new book. Uh, what's it? Stefan Guillenay's most recent book that he came out with. I don't know if anybody's familiar with him, but he talked a lot about the, uh, the addiction process of chemicals and such in the brain. And I do think a lot of those are tapping straight into our yeah, our addiction. So I think we we'll want so. even more and get, and they make us want more so we get hungrier. <laughs> right. And I like to say to people um, when they ask, you know, fasting should not be a, a flavor extravaganza. You know, mm. if you're constantly trying to amuse your taste buds with some delightful flavored, you know, French vanilla coffee beans, 
you need to figure out why, why, why do you need that during the fast? You don't. It's going to be better for you not to. Fasting should be boring. Yes. Fasting should not be about <laughs> eating and food. And Deliciousness. Yeah. If, if you would describe funny. the fasting period as delicious, there's something wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's delicious. Your mind, your life is delicious, but not exactly. the actual. <laughs> and then right. all the food that comes is delicious. Exactly. And then so. it can be just as delicious as you want because you're not restricting it. Yes. Perfect. All right. So I think I think we did that well. I, and I actually, I actually, I'm going to throw in one more thing. Um, I think it's okay um, if you're transitioning, if you have like a tiny bit of not sweetener, but like half and half or something. Heavy cream. Yeah. I mean, I know. I don't know. Because I, I During- did. That was how I personally like transitioned. But um, well, see, I, th- I think the transition period is is one thing, and I would agree with that. Like I, I have a blog post about coffee, and I do recommend that if people want to start with a little bit of that and gradually wean themselves off of it, that makes sense because you're trying to transition and you're trying to teach your body to burn fat during the day. So you may not have the energy that you're going to have later, but with the understanding that you're transitioning away from that, yeah, so it's not ideal. It's not no. And so many people report that once they give it up, they feel so much better with the fast. They're less hungry. Mm-hmm. I think that's Even the that key. Look, I think yeah. if if you're becoming hungry from it, then that's how you know for sure that it's not working for you probably. I would agree with that. Yeah. All righty. Um, I guess we can jump into listener questions. We have – we've been having a lot of questions coming in. Um, we might just start answering more questions on each, each episode to keep up. Um, but so Good the, problem to have, it right? It is a good problem. <laughs> so the first question comes from Mary Lynn, and the subject is fasting and essential oils. And she says, I would love to hear opinions or facts on using 100% pure essential oils while fasting. Can it help or hinder? Thanks in advance. And I have to be honest, I, do, I have – basically no experience with this question. Do you, Jen? Um, with I, I have a little bit, a little bit of experience with it just because people do ask this on the group. And one, one reason it comes up, it, it has to do with breath management. Okay. I do say. have experience with that one. <laughs> Peppermint <laughs> people, oil is my thing. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what I use as well. And you know, as soon as we tell people you don't want something sweet during the fast. So that means that all gums and all breath mints are going to be out because you know, all those little breath mint strips that you put on your tongue, all of those things have sweeteners in them. So that's going to trick your body into thinking you're, you're feeding it and it's going to cause an insulin release. So then people start to get desperate about help. What do I do for this breath? Yeah. So I was just going to say, I, cause I used to be addicted to those cause I have a breath fixation. When I cut those out now, if I have them again, like the breath strips or the mints or anything, I, I feel, they make me feel really bad. <laughs> like they don't make me feel good and they make me hungry. You notice things like that once you add them back, and I think that's that's important. It teaches us, hey, that was not good to start with, and I just didn't know it. But, yes, I will recommend um, essential oil, peppermint, food grade. You need to make sure it's food grade, and you don't want to, like, just sprinkle it directly on your tongue because these oils are very concentrated. You can dab it on, you know, the tip of your finger and then gently put it on your tongue. But I would limit it to the ones that don't taste sweet. Peppermint's a good choice. I wouldn't do it you know, constantly throughout the day, nonstop, obviously. But every now and then, if you know you're going to be up close with somebody, a little tiny bit of that would be okay. I don't use it frequently. I and actually do you, use it frequently. Do you? I, yeah, so I order 
organic food grade peppermint oil. Um, That's what I have. It's actually way cheaper than mints and everything. I order like a bottle and then I order like the rainbow colored. They're really pretty little spray bottles and um, that fit them into my – they're so cute. I'll show you the link to the ones that I use. Actually, I can put it in the show notes. Please Um, do. I'll put links to all of what I use. Um, But basically, I I fill up the bottle almost completely with water and then I put like a drop of the peppermint oil and I just shake it. And I have it with me all the time. <laughs> I don't use it all the time, but I have it with me. And then I just spray it in my mouth. And it's like instant, pure breath from heaven. Um, and actually, peppermint oil is um, very stimulating energy-wise. Uh, they found it's like – I read one study. I don't know if they were comparing it. They were comparing it to either caffeine or something for alertness. And it was really effective. That is true. What we've, we've read that as teachers, a good thing to give students right before tests – is a, a peppermint candy. <laughs> Obviously, you wouldn't have that during fasting, but yes, peppermint is definitely something that stimulates alertness. But now I feel like my life is going to be positively changed because I've got to get that spray bottle. Oh, okay. I'll show you. <laughs> I'll put in the show notes. Okay. That's very exciting. Perfect. But yes, here's how you know if it's a problem. If it immediately makes you hungry, just like we were talking mm-hmm, about before. Mm-hmm. Anybody, if you try this and then suddenly you're starving, well, this is not something that's going to work for you. But as long as it doesn't make you hungrier, it should be okay. Yeah. And then also with the essential oils, so I don't, like I said, I don't really have personal experience with this, but I do know a lot of people use different oils for their cleansing properties. Um, so I do think for those, you can definitely, I mean, if, if they're creating a good response in your body for toxin cleansing or anything like that anyway, I don't see any problem using them during the fast. Like the ones that you would rub, I guess, into your skin. Oh, um, Yes. I don't, yeah, I don't see any problem from it. I definitely don't think there's any problem with stuff you're putting on your skin, without a doubt. But I wouldn't, you know, try to mix up a tropical punch flavored water with all of my essential oh, yeah, oils. No. You know, yeah, I don't, again, yeah, we, I don't know what she's asking about specifically. I was thinking she was asking about like using it on, on your topically. Skin. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not sure either, but I have heard people, you know, people really, really want something. To, to drink that has a flavor during yeah. their fast. And so people are always, well, okay, I can't use that. What about this? Well, okay, I can't use that. What about this? And plain is always going to be better. You know, if you're trying to drink a, a bottled water and you're putting in, you know, orange essential oil, your body is going to think, hey, oranges are coming in. <laughs> and so and you, you're, you could have that insulin release. So even though it doesn't have the calories, it doesn't have any nutritive quality your brain is thinking you're having food yeah actually there is one thing i put in my water now all the time Um, what is that and it's kind of changing my life it's um concentrated trace mineral drops and it's basically all of the minerals like magnesium chloride sodium potassium lithium boron but in very very small amounts and you put it into your water and it's supposed to make your water the way the water should be um it makes me it's, but it doesn't it, add any it flavor it doesn't add any flavor um but it, it makes it taste like well water i've never tried well water but that's what the reviews say okay <laughs> well people swear by the taste of well water so i'm so, gonna have to try that it's really good <laughs> put in the okay. show notes as well <laughs> um yeah. wonderful i am loving this i'm getting some new products to buy myself <laughs> oh my goodness uh, so yeah shall we move on to question two Yes, I'll read that one. Okay. This one is from Felicity. Hello, Felicity. And she said, I know I am somewhat insulin resistant and pre-diabetic. I have been IFing, that's intermittent fasting, for three weeks and have barely 
if at all, lost any weight. I am assuming this is because my insulin or whatever other hormones need to adjust. If I just keep at it, do they for sure? I am 63, almost 64 years old. And what would you say to Felicity? So I would say, well, I hate ever saying anything is for sure or not for sure. <laughs> yes, I agree with you on that. That's like sticky waters. Um, but I do think she should definitely keep at it. Three weeks does seem like a long time, especially when it's a big lifestyle change like that. But in the grand scheme of things, um, there's a lot of room for growth. And I do think if she keeps at it, that she probably will see beneficial changes. Um, something I was going to suggest, I don't know... Felicity, what you're eating during your eating window. Um, but you might want to make sure that what you are eating is um, encouraging, is not encouraging your like insulin resistance and everything. So you might want to consider um, whole foods only, or maybe a lower carb approach might work for you. Um, but maybe you can just really enhance so that everything you're doing is going to be encouraging that healthy hormonal state and that healthy insulin response, just doing everything you can to get closer and closer to that state. And I do think definitely keep at it. I do think you'll definitely see changes. Um, what do you think, Jen? I think I think that's true. And um, the, the time period that she mentioned is interesting. She said three weeks. And one of my introductions to intermittent fasting was Dr. Burt Hearing's Fast 5 plan. And he had a... I, you can still get it. It's a free ebook if you search for for Fast Five. But in his free ebook, he talks about how there's a an adjustment period for people who start intermittent fasting with the eating window approach. And often, he refers to it as compensatory overeating. And he he says that often people will, in the first few weeks, eat more than their body needs because they're you know, they think, hey, I have to get everything I need in this five hours. So you just, you're worried about the fast. And so people will even gain weight at first. And that is the hardest thing in the, in the Facebook groups, people come in and they are excited to start. And then it's pretty common the first week, you know, they may drop some water weight or the second week. And then all of a sudden they're, they're not losing, they're gaining, they're up a pound, they're nervous. They're like, help me. I'm gaining weight on this. And we have to explain to them, as every week, as someone else knew, we have to explain to them, yes, this happens. You will often see some weight gain at first. You may not lose weight for a while. Your body is adjusting. Eventually, you get your hormones into balance. You're, you get your satiety signals, and you're no longer feeling like you need to just cram in as much food as you can. And then you realize you get full faster, and you're eating appropriate amounts of food, and you don't want to overeat anymore. And that can be a process that takes a month, six weeks, and it's just a, a part of the adjustment period. And so eventually people start to notice, hey, I am losing weight. I'm I'm now coming down or they'll have a sudden weight loss whoosh and they'll lose a couple pounds, you know, seemingly overnight. But at the very beginning, I can't stress enough how you just have to be patient and trust the process. Yeah, I agree completely. And unlike other diets like calorie counting, um, and such, those get harder the longer you go. With IF, the longer you go, the more benefits you see, like you said. That is so true. So you don't have to worry about about uh, gaining more and more weight. You're going to – it'll get better and better, which is just wonderful. It does. And that's, that's what people say, and then they feel better. And 
sometimes people will say something like, you know, I haven't lost any weight. It's week three, but I love how I feel. Mm -hmm. And so then they don't want to stop for that reason. If you can get to that point, then know that eventually the weight will go. It will go. You know, as you said, there are no guarantees 100% of the population. This is exact. But but over time, what we found consistently is, yes, the weight should go. You'll see it over time. Just be patient. And I, I like to also joke that if I had a superpower, I would like to be someone who could fly around at night and remove the scales from the homes oh. of the people who are, who are newly starting out. <laughs> yeah. So they, they would, because people feet. get so, so, they, they get so stressed out yes. about it. They're like, oh my Lord, I'm up a pound. What's happening? And eventually people usually do calm down into it. But the scale is such a, such a hurdle for so many people. I agree. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that we um, did a good job of covering the coffee and everything. Sorry, guys, that we didn't get to the wine and everything else, but that'll just be a teaser for the next few episodes because there's so much more to discuss. Well, I am looking forward to that. I know. <laughs> Me too. Um, I might have to open my window early next week and have a glass of wine while we record. Maybe we should record <laughs> this at night. We can do it while, <laughs> while drinking. That'd be interesting. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so if you are interested in learn, um, any of the studies that we referenced today or any of the, the different products um, we're not trying to like push products, but I'm talking about like the peppermint oil and everything like that. You can go to ifpodcast.com and you can go to the page for this episode and we'll have show notes and there we'll have links to everything. So the studies that we talked about, um, the different things we talked about that we use. So you can go there for all of that. And if you would like to submit your own questions, we would love to hear them. Please um, send them to us. So you can also do that at ifpodcast.com or you can email questions at ifpodcast.com and we'll be sure and get them on a future episode. And then lastly, we would love so much if you could leave a review on iTunes if you enjoyed today's episode. Um, even if it's just like one little line, it just really helps people to read those reviews and uh, build credibility and have everybody know that we're not completely crazy. Um, so yeah. Um, anything else to add, Jen? No, I don't think so. And I really enjoyed this episode as well. And I hope that it makes people think a little deeper about coffee. Me too. All right. Everybody have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the intermittent fasting podcast. Please remember the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.